Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM and 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and today from the Brainwaves team we have Susie who will be interviewing our guest today, Ian. Now before we get started, I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land uh, on which I'm coming to you from today, uh, land where we tell our stories and land where stories have been told by the traditional owners for many, many years before us. I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present um, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening in today. Thank you, Kaylin. My name is Susie, and today I will be chatting to Ian Graves about how he lives with an acquired brain injury, or ABI. I was fortunate to meet Ian on Twitter. Ian is very well known on Twitter for his cheeky sense of humour and his advocacy for a fairer society. He's also well known on Twitter and elsewhere for when he lost his glasses. Um, he, He has a really upbeat and positive personality and as such I was really surprised when he mentioned that he lives with an acquired brain injury. We call that an ABI. ABIs refer to any type of damage to the brain that occurs after birth. Causes can include a traumatic brain injury by any type of blow to the head, disease, alcohol and drug use, a stroke and oxygen deprivation from any occurrence. Onset can be sudden or quite insidious. The effects can range from very mild to profound and can result in changes to personality and behaviour, changes to physical and sensory abilities and thinking or learning. So basically an ABI can affect all aspects of a person's life in varying degrees. We're very grateful to Ian for joining us today to share his personal story and journey. It's one of positivity and hope. That fits with Ian's life motto, to leave the earth a better place than when he found it. Hello, Ian, and welcome to Brainwaves. Thank you, Susie. Lovely to meet you. Um, Nice to finally meet you. We've had a few phone conversations. Um, Listen, can you tell us a little bit about your life before the incident? Yeah, look, I was basically, I was a labourer for 30 years, either working in the, the printing game or loading containers on the docks. Um, that filled 30 years, and after 30 years of labouring, me, me body's broken. Your know, back's, you know, all, all the, just what we call labourers back, Yeah. you know. But for 30 years, I, I did have a steady job and, you know, earned good money and everything was going along fine and uh, until I had a heart attack, mate, and then my world changed. Um, so I understand that that happened to you in 2011. Is that yes. right? And That's what what happened on that day? On that day, at, at around 10:30 at night, um, I, I felt sudden pressure on my chest, and I started getting really, really ill. I started sweating, 
and it was a cold night, but I was sweating like, oh, like you wouldn't believe. And I just started to get oh, like dis- disoriented with everything that was around me. I really felt horrible. And then I started to really get nauseous. So I, I, I rang an ambulance. And when the ambulance came, they were, the ambulance just said, mate, you're not having a heart attack. You know, I don't need to take you. You know, you'll be fine. Just, Goodness. you know. But we had a discussion for 40 minutes before we left. And, uh, well, anyway, from there, doesn't matter what's happened, from there, from uh, 11 o'clock till 10 o'clock the next morning, I was in still suffering the heart attack. It hadn't dropped off. It hadn't oh, changed. And at about 4 in the morning. And you're by yourself? I'd, I had a friend with me, but they couldn't yeah. pick me up. I, I wasn't, you know, and I was unconscious. And as far as I was concerned, because the ambulance had told me, I hadn't had a heart attack. I thought, well, I'm not having a heart attack. But as an actual fact, I was. And about four in the morning, I lost consciousness. Mm. Now, I came in and out of that for about three hours. And so seven o'clock comes around and I sort of know what's going on, but I'm still in a hell of a lot of pain. Well, at 9.30, my friend picked me up like a baby and uh, poured me into the back of the car we went. We had to travel 45 kilometres to the nearest hospital, which was Seymour in Victoria, and from there, within seconds, they knew I was having a heart attack. It was immediate. So, well, you know, they automatically take a blood test, but they started pumping me with morphine to get the pain down because if you don't get the pain down, it makes the heart muscle work harder. That's right. So, so what we, you know, they got me down to a reasonable pain level, probably a four. Then an ambulance arrived at the hospital and we were lights and sirens for all the way. Now, Seymour is 100 k's from the Northern Hospital in, in Melbourne, but we got there at 12.30. Mm-hmm. At 12.30, as we were lining up at the desk, I went into cardiac arrest. Now, it was horrible. I, look, I don't remember it. I honestly don't remember it. But I know they pushed me into the resource room. I had to be paddled. Fortunately, they got me going. But then I don't remember anything for five hours until one of the nurses wraps me up in three-born blankets and like a cocoon. And I and I looked up and I just saw this beautiful face smiling at me. And I thought, you know what? I'm alive. Actually, still alive. From then, I knew I would be right. I didn't know the battle I'd have. I didn't know the struggle I'd have, Suze. I, yeah. I really didn't. But I knew. I knew then I made it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very emotional time, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm looking back on it. But from there I had six days in hospital and then I was allowed to leave and go home. Well, that's extraordinary. Um, it's terrible to think that they misdiagnosed you because you had some fairly classic symptoms there like the pressure on your chest for men in particular crushing chest pain um, and to have suffered all that time undiagnosed doing damage to your heart and then literally basically you died yeah well well what happened was he, when he was leaving i was still vomiting outside yeah um anyway what happens about quarter to quarter past two in the afternoon he rings my friend to see how i was going you know and she said oh he's in hospital he had a heart attack yes and that, and that just floored him, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. But I can't, look, I'm alive. What am yeah. I going to do? You know, I can't live in that moment yes. in a water 
what if I'd been taken earlier? Yeah. I can't look at that anymore. I won't do anything. I wouldn't get out of bed if I think like that. So I, I just, honestly, I just had to put a line through it and just go, you know, just say, all right, it's happened. Let's get this done. Let's get well again. Okay. So what actually happened to you physically and mentally after that incident? No, well, what happened was, uh, they call it an ischemic brain injury, but we'll just call it lack of oxygen to the brain over that period of that 10 hours, probably from being unconscious for three hours and then going into cardiac arrest. What happened was I just didn't get enough oxygen to the brain. I was totally starved. And that triggered what they call the ischemic brain injury. But that's all it is, is not enough oxygen to the brain. Mm-hmm. So from there, we knew I knew I was in trouble when we got home, you know, six, seven days later. I couldn't focus, I couldn't do anything, you know, and then I couldn't even eat, you know, this and this is when I started to worry because I didn't know how to chew food. Wow. I'd lost the I lost the ability to, you know, chew and swallow food. And that was the first moment that I knew I was in strife. Now, what happened was um, I lived with it and I fought it for three years and I was a very angry man. I was really angry because I was so frustrated and angry. I couldn't eat. I couldn't remember anything that's immediate. I lost all, I've lost all immediate memory. But I lost that. But I was so angry. You know, I, I was so frustrated that I couldn't get anything done. You know, yes. I really, and I was broken hearted. You know, I thought, yes. no, nah, is this what I'm stuck with? But then, you know, all the things I was forgetting, whether it be iPads in in shops or on trams or anything like that, I was doing a lot of stuff like that. I thought, you know, and yeah, I still got angry. But then one day I thought, hang on, let's embrace the brain injury. Instead of fight it, just, just call it what it is, a brain injury, and embrace it. And from 2014, I made an incredible improvement. I found my sense of humour again, which yeah. I'd lost for three years. And uh, I just thought, you know, I started to, to learn how to laugh at myself with the brain injury mm. because I could go in and out 10, ten times in, in 10 minutes to go start the car and I wouldn't be able to find the keys. And when I did, I'd put them on the roof and then come back in and look for them because I couldn't find them. So all this sort of thing started happening. But I thought, no, 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 this is all right. Just you're alive. Let's get this right. Let's just, mate, whatever happens, we'll just do it. And from that day, I was perfect. I found my sense of humour every time I you know, stuffed up. I saw the funny side to it. I stopped being precious about it. Yeah, you know? so you basically just changed the way you thought of it, changed your attitude to a positive one instead of a negative one. And it yeah, was a deliberate it? thing. You deliberately did that. You decided, um, I'm going to make the most of this. Yeah, yeah, because if I didn't, no one was, you know, anyone around me, my friends, anything, I would have lost everyone. You know? But instead, my friends stuck with me over that three-year period and I was able to reward them and come back to them like I used to be. Yeah. Not perfect, not perfect. But our friendships got back to where they should have been. And so, yeah, look, you know, I'm extremely grateful to my friends. You know, their support was amazing during that time. And um, But honestly, you know, that was the start of 2014. 
I said, it's sort of, I started living again, you know, living like a normal person. That's wonderful. But then, of course, in 2016, you suffered another serious health episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, we call it an AV, a brain AVM. But, you know, for just for basically people like myself, all it means is I had some blood vessels in my brain that had got tangled. And when they tangle, they don't release the blood. So they build up, build up and get really big. And, like an uh, aneurysm. Yeah, well, well that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. It got to that stage where a blood vessel just burst. And they are, we call it, look, it's the biggest headache you're ever going to have in your life. The technical term is a thunderclap headache. Yes. But for, for blokes like me or just anyone, average person, it's like being hit over the head with a cricket bat. Wow. You know, and you know, oh, you you left it no doubt because it drops you. You drop to the floor with it, and you just oh, and you know, you know very little. It's almost like a fit, you know. Yeah. And it's just a, but yeah, with with the ABM when we discovered it, I had three centimeters, di, uh, you know, in circumference of um, uh, block blood vessels, you know, twisted mm. blood vessels. And unfortunately, because of my heart, we couldn't operate on it because it's a 10-hour highly invasive item. It could go for 10 to 12 hours, actually remove and make them better. So for at, at 2016, before we actually did anything, uh, my neurologist sent me off for a uh, cognitive and uh, brain, brain test. You know, and um, yeah, that's with a place called Cadams, and they they just they do diagnosis of brain injuries, whether that's traumatic or the one like mine that was from lack of oxygen. Well, after the test, we realised that you know, well, I'm actually my my real diagnosis is I'm ABI dementia with delayed memory. Now, when you hear the word dementia, you hit the panic button. No one wants to hear the word dementia, not me, not anyone. But fortunately with my great GP, when I got back and I was really angry, I said, they tell me I've got dementia. How can I have dementia? She was just lovely. She said, look, there's a hundred forms of dementia, you know, thousands, because all yours is, is it explains that you're not going to get your memory back. And over time, it will get worse, but it was going to anyway. You already yes. had the brain injury. So, when, you know, imagine I've been blessed. I've been really blessed to have a wonderful doctor. Just, just you know, brilliant, you know. Support, you know, your, your health networks are so important. Without them, you're not going to cope. You're not going to get it right. You need yeah. the direction. How do you find direction when you've got a brain injury? I walk around in circles seven days a week. Yeah, so a key thing that I'm picking here, and it's your, I've picked your personality on Twitter, and you're the same in real life. You're, you're a very um, humorous and positive person, and that would attract people to you. So you sound like you have a, a good social network and a lot of friends. Um, you've had really good, even though you were misdiagnosed originally, you've had really good um, medical help. And... Uh, I was just going to say, what's the third thing? I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, well, the other thing I forgot to mention is in 2018, because I couldn't have the operation, I had radiation treatment 
yes. on the actual AVM. Now, unfortunately, it has been successful. It has altered my vision a little bit. I've become light sensitive. I don't like brightness. Or, you know, sunny days, it's sunglasses no matter what, inside or out sunglasses. But um, so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, the sort of radiation treatment I had, it might take three to four years to actually work all its way through. So I have an incredible, look, I, I have about 100 bouts of deja vu every day, but that's caused from the radiation treatment. It's a bizarre feeling. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but when you know where it's coming from, it's okay. You know, you, you say, look, at the end of the day, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm very fortunate, uh, you know, I still enjoy life. Mm. It's different, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's worthwhile. You know, I've got friends, and I've got Twitter. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's good. Life's all right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who are very supportive on Twitter, I've found, if you're in a um, trouble. Um, they're a good community. Um, yeah, so the third thing I was actually going to say has come back to me is you, you've had your friends, you've, your social networks, you've had really good care from health professionals, but you're all, it's your positive attitude which you deliberately um, draw, drew on. And that to me is quite remarkable how you have maintained that because you certainly have um, gone through quite a we could do a radio show on each one of those stories to be honest with you so yeah um Ian can you let our listeners know a little bit about the systems that you have in place that assist you on a day-to-day basis um sort of like supports and therapies and things like that or whatever's been the most useful to you yeah I, I live for systems everything I do is a system there's certain steps uh they're they're like a ritual, but to to leave home, I have the same just the same system every day. I do it. Everything gets shut up. That's the first thing I do because I go out and I just leave the door open. I yeah. do. It just, it just happens, you know. But I've got systems now where I can't close the door without the key in the lock. It's impossible. So I I have to I have to close the door. Mm. So that's part of it. But I'll go out and, um, look, when it comes to money, I try not to handle any money. I use a card. I try a card for anything because, and if I do have to draw money from a bank, it's only ever from an ATM. I've had, um, I've done this three times. When I've been at the supermarket and I've gone through the self-checkout and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get cash out, you know, I'll get $70 out. I get the money out and I leave it behind. I've done that three times. And three times people have just taken the money. I never see it again. So for that reason, I'd never take any money out from a supermarket, anything like that. It's always at an ATM or I go inside and do it. These are things that you've got to learn. Yeah. I, can't, I, can, I, can, I can take a phone with me. I've got a small phone. I can't take the iPads with me because I live in, I've left it on the floor at Coles doing up my shoelaces. I've Goodness. put down the iPad. I, I just haven't picked it up. And I went back 20 minutes later when I remembered, you wouldn't believe it, I was still on the floor in the middle of Coles where I tied my shoes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, but everything everything I do has a system. In the mornings I have a system. In the afternoons I have systems. When I wash, I've got to be careful. I don't trip over. Eating, eating 
to eat without choking, I turn everything off. Absolutely everything. No telly, no music, no iPads, no Twitter, no anything. That's so I can actually concentrate on eating. Yeah, so I, we discussed this and I said it's called mindful eating, but you're doing it because if you don't, um, you would choke. So I, and it must choke. be very frightening. Well, it is, right? Living on your own and when you choke on food, it's scary, you know. But fortunately, I've uh, What's helped me is a speech uh, therapist. Yes. They've, been, um, they've been able to get me to do exercises that allow me to open my uh, esophagus better in my throat so I don't uh, choke on food. Now, I've got, a, I've got probably five, six exercises I do daily. I do daily when I get up in the morning and in the afternoon. Those exercises help me out. So instead of choking on every meal, I might only choke on one meal, but it'll only be for one bite. And then I'm able to breathe, you know, relax. Don't let it upset you because you just throw your plate away. You know, you go, that's it, I've had enough. So you just relax, you take your time, you start again, and you eat. And I can eat quite well. Do you have trouble with drinking, like water or? No, no. Yeah. So that's the funny thing. Um, I, it's actually like dry food, like toast. Yeah, um, I have trouble with taste. Um, I can't really eat steak unless it's really, you know, tender. Mm. But um, no, drinking, drinking is fine. I can drink water. I can have a, oh, you know, I love my coffee. So yeah, you know, I can have a coffee and I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And you, you did say as well that because of this eating problem, you have trouble maintaining your weight. So that's another yeah. effect of the brain injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, at the moment, I'm 62 kilos which we consider for me very good yes. if I'm at 62 because I did get down to 42 kilos when I couldn't yeah. eat. Wow. So, I was, you know, yeah, I was, I was extremely ill and I, you know, I was horrible. But um, now I'm back, at, you know, I'm up to 62 kilos and though I still look light, I don't look super skinny anymore. No. I just look like a, a slim bloke. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's good for your uh, self-esteem. The better you look, the better you feel. That's you know, right. You know, and, and, no, that's, you know, how I've been, you know. So, no, I'm, I'm very lucky, Susie, very lucky. Um, Ian, when we were chatting on the phone, you said um, that you actually have had um, depression in the past but that you now, with this injury, you sometimes or often forget that you are depressed. Now, this was the strangest thing I'd heard, I have to say. <laughs> But yeah, you were, yeah, I look, it sounds absolutely strange, doesn't it? But it's true because my, I have no immediate memory. All my immediate memory is gone. I don't, uh, I don't remember anything until after it's happened five, 10 minutes later. But every 90 seconds, for the first 90 seconds of anything I do, I don't remember. So what's happened is I don't remember I'm depressed. Yeah. Because I just keep forgetting it every ninety seconds. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't mean. To, I don't mean to. Like I, I've experienced depression myself, so um, that's extraordinary. It really is. Um, yeah. Oh, it's and are, are there any other positive things that have come out of this? Um, all these challenges that you've been through in your life. Yeah. So good things that are about your life now that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been through these experiences. 
Oh, look, if I, if I hadn't been through, through what I've been through, I wouldn't be on Twitter. I wouldn't have over, you know, well, I wouldn't have 9,000 people follow my account. And uh, I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't be on Twitter. I'd probably just be sitting at home being angry, being frustrated, and th that's not living. That is not living. You know, we, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, none of us know when we're gonna when we're gonna die or anything. But until that day, I'm not gonna worry about it. Yeah. All I have to do is just get on with it, and you know, like I say, without Twitter, I'm sure I'd be an angry bugger. Yeah. And uh, because you know, no, Twitter's been life changing for me. It's where I live my life through Twitter, as you know, Susie. You yes. see it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spend a little bit too much time on there myself, but it's actually a great place to connect with people who think alike. Um, in fact, oh. we should be getting a promo. We should be getting a, a bonus for promoting Twitter. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, um, what, we're, we're running out of time now. We're getting to the end yep, of the show. Yep. But what would you advise any listeners who live with or support someone with an ABI? Like what, what are the best, you've said speech pathology, your friends, the GP, healthcare professionals. Maybe I've answered the question for you, but is there, what, else, what would you say uh, they should do to seek um, support? Um, look, what, what the first thing anyone has to do is embrace it. Okay. Once you embrace the brain injury, you then find yourself again. Because having a brain injury isn't the end of your life. It's just a new beginning. Yeah. And, and you grab that new beginning. But the only way you can do it is embrace yourself like you did before the brain injury. Yeah. Just enjoy yourself. Be happy with yourself. Yeah. And don't, don't get distracted. Just embrace it learn to love yourself again so it's it a bit like funny. accept it you've got to accept the fact that it's happened and yeah not look back look forward is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Look, looking back's not going to get anything done and even though it's hard you just learn to love the brain injury mm -hmm. you know it, it's funny it's it's what happens but it's a new beginning in life it's not the end my life hasn't ended yeah i'm a happy man so, no, oh, look, that's the advice I give to people. That's just, wonderful. Yeah. Just while I have an opportunity for our listeners, I just want to say that it might be useful to look up the research that's being done on neuroplasticity and the ability that they're discovering that the brain can um, basically develop new connections um, in response, if you've, if you've had connections broken as, a, broken as a result of injury, including ABI or stroke or whatever, um, there's a lot of research um, going into uh, how you can promote the reconnection of those synapses. And essentially, they're finding that they're having better physical, particularly physical outcomes for people um, who've, for example, had a stroke. Look, Ian, and our listeners should know that it's taken, because of what you've explained about your memory problems, it actually has actually taken quite a bit of organising getting this show going. And I think yeah. <laughs> really that's a little bit of an understatement, but it's really yeah. um, courageous of you, first of all, to have 
um, agreed to do it and then put in all the work that's gone into this. Um, and I'm sure that so many people will find your story inspiring. So, Ian, thank you ever so much for demonstrating how you lead a, a worthwhile life. It's so full of optimism, despite the major setbacks you've suffered. As I just said, I'm sure your story is going to really inspire a lot of people. And I'm just blown away with your positivity. Um, thanks again for sharing your story on Brainwaves. And Ian, just in case anyone's interested, would you be prepared to get some more followers on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? Um, you'll find me at Ian Graves at Xkin. That's X-S-K-I-N-N. Okay. And, uh, but if you look for Ian Graves, don't worry, you'll find me. I'll pop up. But just look for Ian Graves at Xkin and... Uh, Come and join the fun. That's all that's, I can say. That's, that's fantastic. I might have to change my handle from says Grumpy Susie to says Happy yeah, Susie. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've noticed um, that. Think positive, <laughs> yeah. Ian, thank you. Oh, no, thank you, Susie. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Ian, for coming on the show today and sharing uh, your story with our listeners. And a big thank you to Susie for organising an interview today. Wonderful, as always. Um, yeah, so if you want to find more of our shows, you can hop onto the website, um, 3cr.org.au slash brainwaves, um, or you can hop onto Spotify and download your podcast there or wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. We'd love to hear from you as well. So if you want to, you know, uh, send us an email, let us know about some ideas for upcoming shows or give us some feedback about any of the previous shows that we've done, you can send us an email at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thank you, everyone, for listening today, and I hope we all stay safe, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.